and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zerati. I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer, Erin Labar. I forgot what my job was for a second. Well, that's because you were off. I was off, yes. <laughs> you were off last week. There was yes. no pod last week, so yes. welcome back. Thank you. To you, but also to me. Um, <laughs> welcome back to myself. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today? All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about Burger Week a little bit because we did our second annual... Or yes. our second edition of our Free Press Burger Crawl. Yes, which was a gastrointestinal it was adventure. A gut buster. <laughs> um, <we're> a literal <laughs> gut buster. <laughs> we're also going to be talking about uh, a little, uh, starting to dip our toes into fall fashion a little bit. Everyone loves when we do fashion segments. <laughs> because <laughs> we want to talk about that uh, coat. Who may, who is Balenciaga maybe? I think it was Balenciaga. Um, taking the layered look to a whole new level a whole new level um and then we're also going to talk about the uh, etiquettes of uh, group chats which i'm sure all of you are in first though how was your week you were away i was away um my partner and i drove to kansas city uh kansas not because there's kansas city missouri as well there uh. so Explain this to me a little bit. So literally the uh, the state line goes right through the city, basically. Ooh. So there's a Kansas side and a Missouri side. <laughs> Is there like newspaper sports team rivalries? Like what? I guess. And then I, I think there's different mayors. Like there's different... Because one side it would have a different state, like a governor, a different right. senator, different whatever, different laws. Because they're two different states. That is so interesting. So it's really weird. So my aunt and uncle and my cousins live uh, in Kansas. In Kansas, uh, and they used to be on the Missouri side, and now they're on the Kansas in a suburb of Kansas City called Olathe. Did you find the border and then step across it and be like, "No, we I'm did." Because every time in Missouri, yeah, because every time you drive into downtown, you drive from Kansas into Missouri. I think, yeah. So then we're our 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 um google maps we'd go over the river that the yeah. river is the dividing line oh, okay and she'd say welcome to missouri like in the, in the directions <laughs> out loud and we're like thanks siri this is awesome welcome to kansas yeah so it was fun we ate a lot because they have a lot of amazing food barbecue of course and yes took nick to the cheesecake factory for the first time which was very exciting oh he's never been to the cheesecake factory no he thought it was a mosque from the outside uh, <laughs> because yeah. it has very like yes there was a few years ago a giant article about the decor in the Cheesecake Factory, oh, really? and I highly recommend everybody do a Google. And oh, read I'm this. gonna find that it, because it's just wild. It is. It's <laughs> it's like kind of Tuscan, kind of Moroccan, kind like nothing to do with the actual food or menu or concept. Very opulent. Yes. For a chain. Yes. But it's not just your average chain. It's the it's food true. is delicious. The cheesecake is delicious. Well, I should hope the cheesecake is. Oh my delicious. gosh, I don't. Remember. I've been to one once. We jokingly said we should open up a franchise in Little America, you know, in the yeah. near the Outlet Mall. And I was like, Winnipeggers would love Cheesecake Factory. Um, a hundred percent. We'd be millionaires. <laughs> so yeah, we spent like five days there and just kind of did some touristy things. Went to the zoo, which was awesome. Went to the World War One museum there, which was really good. And yeah, just kind of America it up. Awesome. Um, I did not go to Kansas. Okay. <laughs> I went to South Osborne. 
Mm. And uh, a, a journey all of its own. A journey all of its own. And uh, went to Leopold's Tavern for oh, the yeah. first time, which you I've were been there once. telling me about. Yeah. And it, I like it. I liked it too. It's a very like good neighborhood edition, I feel. Yeah. It was very, it reminded me very much of like a New York style bar with like the mm-hmm. wood and the posters everywhere. Yeah. And like the string lights. And it was like. Although not as cheap as a New York bar. No. That is for sure. That is for sure. But uh, because we went for like a margarita and taco evening, I okay. felt like it was very austin to me um but yeah i wish there was more of those just in like places like that in neighborhoods you know like, yeah i know every neighborhood pretty much has a its own watering hole um but some don't i feel like we are live in a bit of a we live in a bit of a bar drought yeah yeah like i wish just a casual place to go hang out you know yeah like, like you don't have to order food you could just have a beer if you exactly or whatever yeah. yeah i wish that i missed that we used to have that on academy and now we don't really anymore mm-hmm. so i uh i quite enjoyed it it um except my one note of review <laughs> the food was great we had lime margaritas and pomegranate margaritas and they tasted the same <laughs> maybe they forgot to put the pomegranate in but it was pink oh but i was like <laughs> i did this taste the same so amp up the pomegranate that is that is always a good advice burger week it's burger week <laughs> it's burger week yeah well it starts on september 1st september 1st which is saturday yeah tomorrow 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 so we went on our burger crawl we did this last boy year. did we Oh, man. I feel like this one was more painful than last year's. I agree. And I don't know why. So last year we focused on the Exchange District. Yeah. This year we focused on like kind of St. James, James Charleswood. Ro- Charleswood, Roblin area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's good to get out to yeah. different neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but I agree. I think because I, was- I, I ate way too much of the first burger because it was delicious from St. James... Um, burger company i think it's called i think you're right um which is so cute i had never been there i actually had not been to most of the places that we went to yeah the only place i had been to before was boulevard on roblin um but yeah i think and also i think last year we had more patties that weren't beef yes and And we also had more people to eat them yes this was four beef one bison yeah which is a lot of last year we had like a beef and we had lamb and there was a seafood patty yeah. too and a couple other things yeah what was your favorite one i really liked the boulevard one because it's visually very stunning i have a oh, black yes. the black pepper bun was mm-hmm. just like really cool and I that found one was good the flavor combination to be kind of more up my alley it was very mediterranean it had sort of like a feta yogurt cucumber sauce on it yeah that was super good yeah i really and that one had the bison patty and it had a little bit of cumin in it and i just i really liked the flavors of that one i liked that one a lot too i think my favorite was from underdogs so that was the one i liked not as much i like i don't know why it has everything on it that i love yeah the like blueberry jam with the brie and like the there was also a uh chipotle like something 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 something. oh and it was a mango habanero bun yes that was yeah it had a good kick to it i will say that it did have a nice spice to it yeah i think i think actually the mango habanero was a butter that was oh i thought it was a bun. i thought the bun was mango okay some sort of spread everyone look into that before you go (laughs) regardless it was it was good spicy sweet savory i really liked it a lot yeah there are i don't know how many restaurants are participating well last year there was a hundred so i imagine it's probably a similar amount 
so it's until the 7th yeah first of the 7th um yeah you can see the full story in the paper saturday you can it was myself and jen and ben mcfeek sigerson and jill wilson yes we went as a quartet of burger eaters a quartet of burger eaters and uh yeah it was a good way to kick off a thing that i'm about to do so <laughs> yeah um i don't believe in diets or cleanses as we've discussed many times on the show um i also don't really believe in like boot camping my life so no like the reading ain't nobody got time for that like the reading challenge of last year that failed dismally which update i've already read as many books as i read last year this year so i think there's something to not i agree counting and just doing stuff because you like to do it but i have been feeling really low energy and like i don't know how to i feel like i eat fairly well Mm -hmm. but i don't know like how to keep myself going from like lunch to dinner, for example, or like what I should eat when and like how to optimize my workout. So I'm doing a four week nutritional plan, which is not like a cleanse or a diet, but just basically like a reset your eating habits. Um, Stephanie K is a nutritionist I follow on Instagram who and you love her pad thai. Her <laughs> recipes are so good. That's kind of what Jen tells me about her sweet yeah. potato pad thai at least once a week. It is so good. <laughs> um but I love how she's super no bullshit. She's very like real food for real people doing real stuff like. Mm-hmm. So, I recommend checking her out. I you can't sign up for the program anymore. Um, it is closed, but she does it every so often. Like, I think she kind of does it like twice a year or once a quarter or something like that. So I will report on how it goes and what I learned. Yeah. I plan on piggybacking on some of your recipes. I'm excited. I think it'll, I'm hope I'm optimistic that it will give me some tools for the old nutritional toolbox. Yeah. And I agree with the, don't really care about dieting. I mean, every time I was saying in the car the other day that every time I like start getting on myself about doing, yes. doing certain things or I was saying how much I hate broccoli and I know mm-hmm. it's very good for you and I've tried to eat it in any, many different contexts and I just hate it. And you I'm like, why am I, it. right. And then I hear Brooke's voice from my body, Winnipeg being like, just yeah. do what you need to do. Well, that's the thing. And I think, I think that's a big reason why diets don't work, right? Is yeah. because people feel like it's like, oh, well. It's so restrictive. Yeah. And restriction, deprivation, all that kind of stuff doesn't work because yeah. it's awful <laughs> and no one's gonna maintain doing something that's yeah bad right so i think yeah but like same for me as it is for you i'm mm-hmm. feeling very low energy very like schlumpy very tired very schlumpy. like well that's exactly <laughs> how i feel like if you could pile up a, a pile of 15 sweatshirts in the corner and make them like a little bit damp like that's how i feel <laughs> in my soul so i feel like i just need like food that will make me just feel better you yeah know? like where i can do activities and not be like well and like not be comatose after work you know like yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm trying to force myself to go to the gym and some days i just can't do it I'm it's so tough like and i also i am trying to recognize too that i'm also not like 20 yeah <laughs> so, there is that as well um but yeah so i will report back as i as i do it this coat we are going you to sent talk me about. a picture of this coat and i burst into laughter that's why we're going to talk about it yeah so fashion house balenciaga has a coat <laughs> maybe we're just not fashion forward jen it's actually you can't even really call it a coat it's, it's like, seven coats it's like multiple coats it's seven coats all sewn together it's like and the, the link that you sent me he said if you want to look like joey from friends the yeah. episode where he wears all of chandler's clothes that's exactly what it looks like it's exactly what it looks like it's the layered right. look on steroids <laughs> yes. it is but i don't understand i have i have questions 
I think it's helpful if you can, while you're listening to this episode, to Google this Google code. image search this. Yeah. And then laugh. It's a 9000 If you just Google $9,000 coat, it's, it will come up. First of all, it's $9,000. Yeah. Because it's literally 80 coats sewn into one. Yeah. The proportions don't even look that great. Like, it's just, it looks like you went into, it looks like you're actually trying to escape your burning apartment I said, and put all your clothes on. I said left. that it looked like someone who had just gotten evicted and needed to carry everything out as quickly as possible. It's just like a whole bunch of windbreakers stacked on top of <laughs> each like other. Like sweatshirts like, and, and like a furry flannels and, and a, like, yeah. So I have aesthetic questions, but I also have practicality questions. What climate is this for? I think even in a, it. <laughs> like, and you're supposed to wear it open. You yeah. can't do it up. We know because then you have to zip up seven zippers. <laughs> right. And it kind of defeats the purpose. So yeah. where? I don't what? know. Like, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I am as many episodes of Project Runway as I have seen. Yeah. I, I will never understand fashion. I just never will. I like that's fashion. Okay. I follow okay. fashion. I participate in certain trends, but I feel like lately I hate everything. Well, it's because it's all circling back to like 1997, which is commonly known as the worst era of fashion ever. The I'm velvet really, bell bottoms like come on. I'm worried about 2002 making come back. Well, Uggs. the tattoo necklaces have already come back. Uggs, the Uggs and like, sweatpants. That was a popular university look for the, a long time. Like giant wrestling belt over like. Oh, I can't imagine that would ever come back. I feel. Like Although fanny packs came back, so what do I know? It, yeah, I feel <laughs> like anything is going to come back. Yeah, flares that like. Oh God. You know, barely pass your upper hip bones. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm worried. Low riders, quote unquote. You can't see me doing air quotes, but I'm doing them. <laughs> but coats. You had a yeah observation. I used to get so mad when I lived in New York City because it would be plus five, plus ten Celsius, and I'd see someone on the street with uh, a Canada Goose parka on. I'm like, like I don't no. even own a Canada Goose parka, and it gets so cold here. And you live in the climate for which I was Canada like, Goose parkas were designed, right? And I was in a spring coat, like sweating, and this lady is in her <laughs> Canada Goose, like all bundled up. And I'm like, well, it's a beautiful spring day. What is wrong with you? She's probably one of those I'm cold. Ladies. So then I I've developed this theory that is not scientifically proven, as far as I know, <laughs> about summer blood and winter blood. So you know how like 10 degrees in May feels like warm and wonderful but 10 degrees mm-hmm. in September you're like oh burr it's chilly yeah it's the same temperature but it's just that your body has has different <laughs> blood in it so it is regulated to <laughs> yes so your spring blood is um thinner mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because the heat uh no you're sorry your spring blood is thicker because it's come from the winter so the heat is uh, more apparent and then as as the summer progresses, your body gets used to being in hotter temperatures. And then when it becomes 10 degrees in September, October, your blood is too thin from the summer. It hasn't thickened up again for the winter. So you're cold. That is quite a theory. <laughs> <laughs> summer blood, winter blood. Um, Na- that'll be the name of my memoir. <laughs> I feel like we should fact check this with like. A, I just said it's not scientifically a proven. blood scientist and get back to people. I think it's possible. I think you should. I mean, check I, it, it out. may not be obviously specifically related to your blood, but it is obviously related to how your body reacts to temperature when you're used to it and when you're not. Well, yeah, and I think that's why. Um, same with people who live in like Texas, when it like dips down to like. A chilly 12 degrees. Yeah. Oh my God, it's winter. But like, we are like, 
beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there might be something to that. It's this, I'm not an entire, entire lunatic. Winnipeggers do it too. Because I have seen people fully in shorts and like the first nice day on like April 5th. And it's like, it, there's still like snow on the ground. There's still piles of snow and like rocks <laughs> everywhere. Like, what are you doing? And then last week when you were away, there was like, a, it's starting to cool in the morning now. Mm-hmm. And I saw a girl on the bus wearing a full on toque. It's like, it's still like 17 though in August. <laughs> like, it's not okay. Uh, I also think people just get really excited about their like fall clothes. Oh, I love fall clothes. So it's my favorite season. People are like, oh my God, it's Lenny Kravitz scarf season. Like, let me add it. But it's not yet. There might be pumpkin spice lattes available for purchase. Oh, but it is, it is not scarf time yet. I hate pumpkins, but I love fall. It is not scarf time yet. Group chats. Group chats. Everyone has them. Everyone hates them. <laughs> I'm not in any right now. How is that possible? Because I've muted all of them. <laughs> I only have two. I have one in WhatsApp for mm-hmm. my book club people. And I have one with a group of lady friends. I sometimes have group email threads for wine club because I'm in a wine club. Um, but they don't really go into full on like longstanding chats. So, like, how old's your email chat? Like, how long has it been going on? I mean, for? we start new chains when it gets too unwieldy. Too unwieldy. But we've been doing this group emailing since I was in New York. So, it would oh, be wow. like 2012. That is a long-standing group chat. It's the same, yeah, same five people. <laughs> no more, no less. <laughs> I find them stressful because I'm very much someone who, when I get an alert on my phone, I need to respond to it right away. Oh, okay. You're not supposed to do that, I don't think, but, like... The red alert makes it feel everything feel more urgent than it is, right? And I right. think it's by design to keep so, us addicted to our phones. The, so I'm like, Ugh. that's why I don't really like them because it's like, oh my god, I have a million missed messages. I think it's hilarious because uh, the WhatsApp chat, especially, will get just out of control. Just wild. and I'll pull it out of my pocket, not having looked at my phone for two hours, and I'll be like, you have 137 missed messages. And I'm like, what are you guys talking? About? I would have an on the spot aneurysm, and then I have to stop and like scroll through everything and make sure I didn't miss. Oh, I get stressed out when I see other people's phones, like on the bus. Mm-hmm. There was one person in particular who was sitting in front of me and had like something like 57 unread text messages. And then she was doing something else on her phone and a text message came in and she just like swiped it away. I don't- what? Like what? Respond to your messages or at least turn off the notifications or people who have like inbox 3000. Oh yeah. No, I can't do that. It's a running joke in the office how organized my inbox is. Like my heart rate's up just talking about this. <laughs> but group chat etiquette. Yeah. We had uh, a not so hilarious moment over the weekend Uh-oh. where one of our group chat members decided to send a bunch of individually worded messages. So it'd be like five messages with two words in each of them. That is not funny. No. And everyone's <laughs> like, hey, buddy, quit that shit. Or you'll be evicted <laughs> from the group so chat. so mad. Yeah, and it was like payback for something else that somebody had done earlier or something. I don't know, but it was very, very uncalled for. I also don't like it when people send, and I'm guilty of this too, so I can't, I can't even be like, this is a thing you should stop doing. But when people send individual texts, like when you're having a text conversation, like just hit that return, bad boy. Like if our texts are going to be email length, which they are now, hit return. Send it all as one message. Oh, it's not like stream of consciousness. Just like put all your thoughts yes. down and send her. Because, yeah, sometimes I find like the constant annoying. 
but I also do it too. So, because you send it as you think, right? Right. You do. I was going to say you do that to me all the time. I know. I for sure do it all the time. I keep trying to remember. I have one friend who I've mentioned this to who has reformed her ways immediately. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're I wonder better if this, this is going to be like a thing that kids have to learn now. Probably. Because they used to teach like letter writing etiquette, email etiquette. Sure. That's how everyone knows that when you use all caps, it means that you're yelling. You're screaming. Right. right. <laughs> so I'm wondering now if text etiquette... And like group chat etiquette and all these things and other ways that you communicate with people in a both personal and professional sense. I'm I also wondering if they're going to teach that. Probably. I mean, they should. I also wonder if maybe we might be moving away from that style of communication. Because I know a lot of people written? don't, not all the way written. Like, obviously, we're not going to go back to like calling phone people. call faxing mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> although i miss talking on the phone i do people. not i hate it um but i do feel like people are getting a little bit done with kind of like as i was saying the constantly having to respond and i actually saw someone made a post um somewhere yesterday that it was like think of when i send you like a like gif or a link or whatever that it's just like a nice gift for you to find later and you don't need to respond right away because i think people that like compulsion to respond Mm -hmm. i think is what makes it really stressful and makes you feel like you're on the phone all the time Mm -hmm. um because yeah somehow an email became urgent Yes. Which is weird to me because yes. emails are like decidedly not urgent. Right. You should be able to check your email twice a day and be fine. Right. No. But now it's become like the phone. Once an hour. Right. Yeah. So I am curious to see how we will negotiate those boundaries as we go on. Because I think some people are like, eh, I don't know about And this. also an office phone stays in the office. Mm-hmm. Email follows you everywhere. Right. So that's what I'm having trouble with is kind of separate totally. doing work life balance. Like why am I answering emails on the weekend? Why am I scheduling these things? Like well, and it's hard. is it actually urgent? Yeah, and it's hard too because we work at a newspaper where like the fact of our job is urgent, right? But it is difficult to know when to put it down or does this need to be responded to right now because i think most of the time the answer is no Mm -hmm. i think people can wait for a response but when i went away i had my out of office reply on yeah i responded to a few emails that were actually urgent Mm -hmm. but otherwise i was trying i had to like force myself to not respond to a bunch of emails there's also a new little trend that i was reading about related to this with out of office replies and a lot of people are setting up their out-of-office reply to read, I will delete any email I receive while I'm gone. Like, you can email me again when I get back. Mm-hmm. And I will just delete it sight unseen. Or people getting, like, a little bit, like, you know, cutesy in their out-of-office replies and being like, yeah, I'm not going to read this. <laughs> Don't send it to me. Or, like, here's someone else you can Well, email. yeah. I mean, for people that get uh, the amount of email that we get, I come back from a 10-day vacation and I have 2,000 emails to go through. Oh, for sure. So, Easily. like, yeah, I'm not going to read all those. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just batch delete. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that will definitely become more of a, a conversation as we as we go on for sure. For our last segment, we're going to do reading, watching, listening again today. Mm-hmm. What are you? I know you're reading. I'm reading. I'm Reading the new novel from Miriam Taves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Women Talking, it's called. 
How far along are you? I am not super far. I'm maybe like 50 pages in. Okay. Um, it's good. So basically, it's based on a true story. Um, there was a colony called the Manitoba Colony mm-hmm. in Mexico, mm-hmm. a Mennonite colony, where um, women and girls, like some as young as three, were being sexually assaulted in the oh. night. Um, and their colony was basically gaslighting them into thinking it was like ghosts or demons, like punishing them for their past sins or whatever. But really it was men on the colony using like an animal tranquilizer to knock them out. And then, Oh my God. Yeah. So this is a work of fiction as kind of like an imagined response to these events. Okay. And the reason it's called women talking is because the women on the colony are illiterate. So they need a man to transcribe their conversations. So August Epp is the translator and he's, the transcriber i should say and so it's basically he's it's the minutes from their meeting okay so i think it was ben mcphee sigurdsson our literary literary editor who mentioned that he found this to be like among her least accessible novels i would Mm -hmm. agree with that assessment like it's quite dense and because of how it's written you, you really have to you have to pay attention right (laughs) um but it's really as always she just has such a gift for writing in a way that feels really um it's like I don't even know how to explain it it's like a page turner but it's not written like a page turner like it's like you want to linger with it but you want to keep going I guess is the best way to Mm -hmm. it's not like a Gillian Flynn novel where you can like plow through it because it's exciting but it's also like easy to read Mm -hmm. this isn't necessarily so you want to keep going but it stops you because you have to stick with it for a bit so it's like one of those kind of Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend it. She's one of my favorite. Writers. I do love her work too. Um, and yeah, so it's uh, so far so good. What are you doing? Um, I started watching the new season of Orange Is the New Black. I told myself I wasn't going to do it because yeah, I didn't. It, it, I didn't really like the previous season. I actually stopped watching it midway through the previous season, which I'm, I never do. It was stressful. Yeah. I don't abandon stuff very often. I, I'm. I should say watching it should be in air quotes because I kind of like put it on and then fall asleep and then go do other things. So it's just like, like crochet something. Yeah. Basically, literally yeah. I'm like needle pointing. Um, but then my partner will come home and be like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of new characters, a lot of like new turf wars. Cause they're now in max security prison because mm-hmm. they had the riot last season. I'm just, I feel like it's time is done. I feel like it should have ended two seasons yeah, ago. That whole season that focused just on, on the riot. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. I'm not really enjoying this season either. Yeah, I would say if you haven't watched it and you were considering it, just give it a pass. You're not missing anything. Also, for my fellow completionists out there, if you're not enjoying something, you don't need to finish it. You don't need to finish a book. You don't need to finish a TV series. You well, can just I'm stop doing it. Finish you don't need to do it. Because I only have two episodes left. You don't need to eat broccoli and you don't need to finish Orange is the New Black. <laughs> can I have that on a... Can I, maybe I'll, I'll needle point that onto a sampler for myself. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 okay. But then I, I'm comparing it to Wentworth, which is like the Australian version, which I've talked about. Mm-hmm. And I believe actually Wentworth was started before Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much more dynamic, so much more interesting. The writing is so much better. The characters are so much better. So now Orange is the New Black just kind of seems like... Wah, wah. It's interesting because I read Orange is the New Black, um, I think before I started watching it. Okay. And I like real Piper Kerman so much more 
than the fictionalized version. And it, like the show started getting really far away from the book, I felt. The book is actually a really, yes, it's an interesting memoir because someone spent a year in a prison. Right. But it was also... Was it just a year? Yeah. Oh. It was also a really um, scathing look at the prison system. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Like, I learned a lot from it. And it was just a really, like, clear-eyed assessment of what's wrong with mm-hmm. prisons. Mm-hmm. I felt like the first couple seasons of that show tackled that. And then it just kind of got soapy. Yeah. And I mean, they're kind of touching on that now because um, the feds are trying to uh, add more time, like, onto mm-hmm. the women's mm-hmm. sentences for inciting the riot. And they're trying to, like, get them to rat on each other and pin stuff on each other. Right. So I feel like that is kind of getting back to that. But in this season as well, Piper is starting to work on the book. Like she's starting to, it's ah. kind of come full circle a little bit. So she's starting to work on her memoir. So I don't know. It's only okay. Yeah. Three and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also going to do Signal Boost. Yes. Uh, so Signal Boost is a segment that we do where we plug uh, stuff that has been published in the Winnipeg Free Press over like the last little while. Mm-hmm. Um I have two I would like to signal boost. Okay. Um, I would like to give a shout out to our intern, Ben Waldman. Mm-hmm. He wrote a fabulous long read um, on the Children's Hospital TV show. Yeah, I had no idea that it existed. I had no existed. idea that existed either. No. So basically, it's like a closed circuit TV show um, that has been being put on every day at the Children's Hospital for 40 years, featuring a puppet named No Name and Aww. like wonderful hospital volunteers that's amazing yeah so it's uh like a really low budget thing that has helped so many families so if you feel like crying (laughs) (laughs) uh i highly recommend it um another long read that is being published in the paper tomorrow saturday but i believe is online already is uh saul israel our cannabis reporter he did a 498 cover story on what will happen when you cross the border when cannabis is legal in oh, Canada. Okay. So just kind of the ins and outs of like I, I didn't see that one. Yeah, just kind of what um what's going to happen? How mm-hmm. does this affect us? How does right. this affect crossing? So yeah. um yeah, that's super really, that's really interesting. Super interesting, super useful. So you can check both of those out at uh, winnipegfreepress.com or yes. you can pick up the paper tomorrow. Yeah. Um how about you? I'm going to signal boost. I know we're not supposed to do each other's, but I'm going to do your story about um sober and teetotal living oh thank you yeah it was really interesting um do you want to tell people what the story is about sure um so i wanted to write about people who have chosen to not drink Mm -hmm. um who aren't necessarily alcoholics but have just decided for not for them myriad reasons it's not for them right um what ended up happening is that i kind of i ended up getting five perspectives i had a married couple who you hooked me up with yeah shout out to holly regular pod listener um they are teetotal so they've never drank Mm -hmm. um and then i spoke to someone who it started as kind of a sobriety challenge that kind of evolved and now she's living soberish um another winnipeg woman who used to actually work in liquor promotions that was really interesting and hasn't drank in a decade and is also vegan um and then our he has been on the show before. Yeah. Uh, friend to the musician, pod. Friend to the pod, Rusty Mattias, who uh, is in recovery right now. Mm-hmm. So he uh, went through detox in the spring and is living as a sober dude. Um, 
so it was really interesting kind of having all this perspectives together because it really shows you that alcohol use exists on a continuum. Yeah. And that problem drinking can be difficult to spot in a culture in which drinking is normalized. So right. it was kind of like, how do people navigate this in a, it's wine o'clock everywhere world. So right. It was super interesting. I, I was it. very, thank you. I was very uh, grateful to everyone who trusted me with their stories. Cause that's kind of the thing about journalism that I think we don't talk about enough is that people are trusting you with their yeah their stuff yeah. right and it can be really scary to kind of put that in print for all to read so mm-hmm. i always uh, appreciate it when people trust us um so that's online still that came out this week as well mm-hmm. so, um you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegfreepress.com you can also follow us on social media i'm at jen Zaretti on twitter and instagram and i'm at nyrabble on instagram and twitter and we'll see you next week mm-hmm.